The year is 1643. Tensions are high. France is in the midst of a bloody civil war. Peasants, merchants, nobles, and the urban poor are rioting in the streets trying to preserve the power that the central government took from them. Parliament is enraged at the policies instituted by Cardinal Richelieu, which limited their power. The nobility and the members of Parliament are screaming harsh obscenities at the Cardinal's successor, Jules Cardinal Mazarin. The smell of desperation fills the air. Mazarin attempts to hold control of the nobilities. He decides to threaten them with the idea he has been working on for months, a blockade of the capital city, Paris, a last-ditch effort to harness control over the increasingly antsy nobility. Whispers fill the room. What will a blockade mean? All eyes turn to face the silent throne. Not looking up from petting his favorite cat, five-year-old King Louis XIV gives a nod of consent. The faces in the room go still. They know there will be a blockade of Paris tomorrow morning. Hi, my name is Nadia Tuggle. Welcome to History Replay. This episode, we will be talking about the rise of French absolutism. Now, Louis XIV is mainly credited to starting an absolute monarchy in France, but the idea of an absolute monarchy actually started with his grandfather, Louis IV. Louis IV's goal was to put a chicken in every pot, but to do this, he had to greatly expand the reach of the government. King Louis IV built up the French bureaucracy while limiting the power of nobility. This set a precedent for Louis XIV to go along with full absolutism. Another aid for the rise of an absolute monarchy is Cardinal Richelieu. He was King Louis XIII's chief minister. For 18 years, he worked hard at destroying all who opposed the throne, who just so happened to be the Huguenots, French Protestants, and the nobility. Richelieu allowed the Huguenots to practice their religion, but he destroyed their cities and banned them from making armies. He demolished the nobles' castles and armies. He also made the more powerful nobles less likely to oppose the king by giving them occupations that allied them with the king. Cardinal Richelieu worked hard for 18 years to expand central power. Now we have arrived at Louis XIV. This toddler became king when he was just five years old. And as soon as he became king, disorder swept throughout the kingdom, which tends to happen when the kings are too young to make decisions for themselves. Seeing the gaps in power, the nobility tried to claim back the power that Richelieu had taken from them. This started a French civil war called the Fronde. Fronde in French means sling, which was a children's play toy that during that war was used to brutally smash through windows and skulls. Sounds like fun. The Fronde forced the young Henry to flee his castle. He never forgot the experience and it inspired him later to become an absolute monarch. Louis XIV firmly believed in his God-given right to rule. In fact, he was kind of cocky about it. He was known to call himself the Sun King because he thought the sun was a symbol of his power. He once said, Just as the sun stands in the center of the solar system, a king stands at the center of his kingdom. He was also quoted saying, L'état c'est moi, 
which translates to I am the state. To strengthen royal power, King Louis XIV appointed upper middle class officials to carry out his policies all around France that were enacted by the king. By doing this, he gained favor in the growing middle class, which in turn checked the power of the nobles. The king also grew his power by growing his army to 300,000 soldiers. The soldiers and officials enforced policies at home and were a display of French power abroad. Now, King Louis XIV had a massive ego. He thought this was the very best and he wanted the whole world to know that he was amazing. To do this, he decided to build a palace. Now, this wasn't just any run-of-the-mill palace. This palace had to be as fantastic as King Louis himself. So the king built the most grand estate in Europe ever. The halls were filled with art and gold. The courtyards were decorated with statues and roses and all sorts of flowers, all arranged in complex patterns. There are upwards of 8,000 chandeliers in in the 700,000, 721,206 square foot palace. This place was used to entertain and show off the Sun King's glory. The project in total cost around 20 billion dollars and took up 20% of France's government's budget. Now, the economy in France at this time was also very good due to the work of the brilliant economist slash finance minister Jean-Baptiste Colbert. Colbert put in place mercantilist policies that helped grow and protect businesses around the country. Colbert cleared land so that agricultural businesses could thrive. He put high tariffs on imported goods to secure French business owners funded new colonies to bolster trade, and built up luxury trades. Colbert made the French economy the best in all of Europe, but even a fantastic economy could not cover King Louis' massive spending habits. Towards the end of Louis' reign, the economy didn't do so great. This was mainly because of the multiple costly wars that King Louis forced French power into situations it didn't necessarily need to be in. France tried to use its vast resources and skills to expand French power, but other countries formed alliances to check them so that in the end they did not expand as much land-wise as they wanted to, wasting millions of dollars. In the end, King Louis would have been a very successful king if we would have been wiser in his economical decisions. He established an absolute monarchy, which was very difficult to do in the time period, especially in the face of powerful nobles. Overall, King Louis XIV was a successful man, but his success was hindered by his unwise spending habits. He built up the age of absolutism, and we can thank him for that idea. Cool.